Schaefer Podcast Spectacular sick last week so we're going to run the the entries through today right now and then i'm going to add in anybody who had a second entry who was featured in one of the two videos that i did and then we're going to go through a random name picker and the winner is manish manish i only have a first name manish Shadows are growing long across Austin, Texas this late afternoon. You might even call it an early evening. But that's all we know about the weather, folks, because we are not on the back porch tonight. We are in the ivy-covered castle, also known as the ivy-colored casa or the ivy-covered cave. We are in Schaefer's domain in East Austin this evening. Uh, why do you ask? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it is brutally beastly hot outside. It feels like the sun is assaulting you and attempting to beat you down and kill you when you step out the front door. Uh, but we're fine here, other than a little bit of a hum that you might hear of my AC unit chugging away in the background, but hopefully it won't be too distracting for you, One Magical Nation, on this episode 172 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. We are so excited to be back with you. So sorry that we've been a little spotty with our uh, with our podcasts this summer. We're both very busy, and uh, you know the summertime just just hit us like a truck. Things are just complicated everybody's running around doing stuff it's good it's good vibes somebody might talk tell, tell us about a uh, 5k run that he did today which somebody well the pride of tarzana california he is bringing a known quantity to a known location for an unknown reason he's matthew rampy once there was a way to record podcasts once there was a way to ramble and talk sleep pretty listener do not cry Shafi will sing a lullaby golden podcasts fill your ears Download this podcast, then you'll hear. I don't do the Beatles enough. Oh. you're. Th- I, mean, I know what you're thinking. You do the Beatles too often. No. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were uh, I thought you were a Stones guy. You're going to naysay the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I'm kidding. There are... 
a lot of blank spots. Actually, you know, I uh, on Spotify, I got on Spotify and created a playlist called The Other Ones. Okay. I went through and just made a playlist of all the Beatles songs that I did when I knew when I looked at the title, like it, the song did not immediately pop to my head. Wow. This is like maybe half of their catalog that I don't know. Half of it I know, you know, it, like the back of my hand. Is it because of streaming services and stuff? That, I'm not just because of what what albums that I had growing up. And what albums I didn't, what albums my best friend loved, and so I listened to, and okay. what albums that just never came my way for whatever reason. Is it like the earlier catalog? I guess, I guess it would be. Like I know Revolver, Revolver pretty well. On. I love Revolver. I know the White Album really well. We had a White Album cassette, okay, double cassette in my mom's car. So like we would hit that, especially driving around Houston. You know, it's a long drive anywhere you go. Listen yeah. to the White Album a lot in that Oldsmobile when I lived in Houston, Texas. Uh, I know I actually one of them that I didn't really know all that well was is the one uh, is Let It Be. Okay, yeah. The, uh, the I knew the album. song very well. Yeah, and I knew a few songs off of it very well, but not. Okay. Uh, and I, I purchased that record, and I re- I think that's what started the whole thing. Is I really dug some of those some of those other songs on there that weren't the most necessarily the most famous ones. And that's when I get it. Like I've never had, I've never had Sergeant Pepper in my possession. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few Beatles albums that I know front to back and Sergeant Pepper's is one of them. Magical mystery tour, Abbey road, probably my favorite. Abbey road. I know very well. Yeah. I love that. White album revolver. They're back, you know, the later days. Anything kind of earlier than Revolver, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on. Yeah. Before they started doing drugs, I was not that interested. In <laughs> yeah. Um, I love I love Abbey Road. You know, there's that there's that whole kind of story arc at the second half of that album, and and then the final song brings it in, brings in this, these themes again. You know. Uh, yeah, I just I love it so much. Okay, I didn't really mean to talk about the Beatles. I um, Golden Podcasts are going to fill your ears. So, what song is that? Golden. That's Golden Slumbers. Golden Slumbers from what record? It's from Abbey Road. Oh, okay. It's part of that I last. It's part of that last set of songs that starts with "You never give me your money." You only give me your funny papers. And there's that song. And then that bleeds into this other song. And then Golden Slumbers is in there. And then at the very end, there's like this whole orchestral movement where it's bringing back the melodies of these other songs. So maybe really I only know the first <coughs> half of Abbey Road. And the first half of Abbey Road is, is a little more like... Uh, Here Comes the Sun, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and and, uh, and um, Octopus's Garden. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't have the I don't have it in front of me here. But I like studied Here Comes the Sun in that music class. So that's why I feel like but yeah, I guess I don't know how to I have wrote it well, by the way. Yeah. Interesting. I I I I love I love that album. It's uh, nice to have undiscovered music though, you know? I find when I'm grown up, you know, for something, sure. Something that I can still You know what's pretty cool is that my kid, she's twelve now. 
And she's really in the music. She was telling me today about this group. Uh, she thinks they did Staying Alive, the Biggie. The <laughs> and I, she said it a few times, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Stay, staying Alive. I was like, oh, that's, that's the Brothers Gib. That's the Bee Gees. And so we had this conversation. Oh, but then, but then we, go, we went into another it. conversation about rap music and how she likes these ice cube songs but she's okay with dr dre but she's not really into eminem and cool but but there's so she's cool i mean she's very cool (laughs) and she the breadth and depth of what there is to discover for her is exciting because most of the best music was made in the decades just before she was born (laughs) um yeah well hey thanks for having me over here at the casa at the castle. Before um, we get started, I wanted to address, thank you so much to everybody who's responded to uh, my What Keeps Schaefer Up at Night oh, segment of the last you, one. Oh, did you get some... Very, you, some very nice things from you. Did both, you get some feedback? Including the two people involved, my dad and Nicholas, <laughs> uh, both uh, who sent me very nice things. And, you know... Uh, I know that everybody has things that keep them up, them up late at night. I certainly didn't want to worry anyone. That time I didn't go to Burning Man. Yeah, go on, sure, go on. I certainly didn't want to worry anyone. Um, I, you know, I just like wanted to share something. And also, it's just it's interesting that these, you know, these two guys from this weird drama that I created for myself thirty years ago are now the two most you know responsive fans of the podcast. And uh, I dare say two experts on One Magical Hour. Uh, they're both great with their feedback uh, and uh, have contributed a lot. For one of them to be your dad, I feel like it's pretty amazing. And I know, as I said that, it sounded like, oh, well, of course your dad likes your podcast, but that's not what I mean. It's like, I don't know. My, uh, it's just great that you have that kind of relationship with your I'm just I'm so that, glad that he likes it. Um, you know, I have no doubt that my mother would find this deeply annoying. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> and then also, she she just says that mom thing where, like, if I were to if I were to come out with you know late night regrets, she would be like, "Oh, he's tagging, he's tagging me. It's always all my fault," you know. <laughs> I see. I see. Uh, which, of course, it's not. Uh, you know, she was dad was on a lot of archaeological digs when I was growing up, and mom and mom mm-hmm. like. She molded me into the human I am today, for better or for worse. Your but, mom was there. Uh, you know, I've told her like, you know, everything, everything that I'm most proud of in my life, I can, you know, I can thank her for it. And so also, you're saying we can thank her for the podcast? Yeah, and maybe a little bit of the lunacy too, of course. Uh, but that's uh, that's all right. Yes, we can thank her, thank her for everything. She knows that, you know, and uh, I. You know, I like to think that, you know, my dad and Nicholas and every listener of this podcast, in fact, know that I, that I love them. Uh, and, you know, regarding... Projects. Re- Make sure they can hear that. <laughs> I love you all. Okay. One magical nation. Yeah, you sort of trailed off. Each that. and every one of you. I noticed we each do that. We, we really got to project at the microphone. Uh, I... And this is kind of... This is tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, I, it's not, I heard... Somebody say once a cliche that it's better to regret 
the things you have done than regret the things you haven't done. Yeah. I definitely, my regrets tend to be definitely on the have done side uh, because I did everything and uh, to not ask anybody yeah. if I could do it or not do it, you know. And, yeah, my biggest regrets are definitely the things that I did not do. And I'm sure I could I could find some of those too. But, uh, I guess. Like I said, that's that was kind of tongue in cheek. But, um, but we'll see. Now, you know, uh, things that keep Schaefer up late at night may come back. Is a, is oh, it's coming back. <laughs> I'm going um, to... Thank, thank you for being patient with me last I'm week. Making, to everybody. I'm making a note here. It's definitely <laughs> coming back. Um, what other segments do we have today, Matthew? Well, first, I would just like to get the um, polite um, exchanges done here. Uh, thanks for having me over. You bet. Uh, it's a. This is a reminder of how how much gear it takes to do a podcast. Because yeah. usually I'm at my house and I got that that little crate uh-huh. full of like the robot and the speaker and the cords, and then yeah. of course there's the laptop and then you know then there's my there's my drink situation, which <laughs> I don't know if you know, listener, but I'm very particular about my <laughs> beverages. I was the I don't know if you guys know, but I was the deputy minister of wordiness for the beverage party of America, we promised beverages for all thirst for none. And as a result, I'm still very particular about my drinks. So I have to bring a little cooler over here. Not that Schaefer couldn't provide a fine beverage. It's just that I have to have like three different ones I have, and at a certain temperature. And I always have some excellent beers in my freezer. Okay. Well, for refrigerator. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I bet, Maybe next time. I brought my own this time. I, brought... I usually have some hard liquor too, but I don't know if I... I brought both. I know I've noticed in the last few episodes you can hear me slurping sometime. I need to, oh. I need to stop that. Have you heard that? I, I have not noticed hopefully it. Hopefully it's I, just me. Anyway, I can imagine that really setting some people Long off. story short, it takes two backpacks and one cooler to make this podcast. Two backpacks. Well, and a location. Cooler. We need a location. We got that, but to, to I got the computer bag and the accessories bag and then the cooler and it's two just backpacks and one cooler should I, be hey, the name you, of your rap record listen you being a techno optimist and i am gonna make that rap record <laughs> i should do that for my 50th birthday i always wanted to make a rap record why don't i just finally do it you got a robot what if it becomes hot you know amongst gen xers who Man, are also turning 50 you tiktok your 50 year old ass doing some rapping all right it's gonna be good right? blow up. and it'll feed into the show yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a marketing ninja. Yeah, I don't know if you God. if you knew that. I recall um, from a certain drop from the drop. <laughs> that was a good one. I, I just want to say I didn't I didn't pull that. I, I feel it would be I would be silly to be pulling myself saying stuff and putting it in the drop. But Schaefer sent me this little clip. I went and listened to it on old episode on uh, Nicholas's recommendation. Um. Well, was that episode, um, let me find my cursor here, 61? 61, yeah. Okay. I Nicholas got at us about episode 61. And he wrote an email about it, and I want, I'm going to read that later in the, uh, later in the podcast. Um, I'm look, you being a techno-optimist, do you think there's a time in the near future where... We're going to be cyborgs. They've already got Neuralink and 
you see these uh, Apple augmented reality goggles and all these things. Can Can't you, jump you, fast enough. Do man. you think there's a time soon where um, where we can carry around less gear? Where it won't take two backpacks and a cooler to make a podcast? No, Matt. Matthew, no, for no. you, it's going to lead to more gear. No, not the okay, other way around, okay, actually. Okay. For other people, it might simplify it, but not for you. You're going to have to. Is that because I'll have like cybernetic uh, attachments and I'll have like you'll a have like, a, bit so, like an ice. You'll have a thing that ferments tequila immediately in backpack form or oh. something like that. So you get the right. freshest possible tequila. Artisanal, uh, <laughs> mobile spirit making. Something that creates per, the perfect, perfectly spherical ice or something like that. See, if you've got your cold box and your hot box and your hot box... <laughs> I'm smoking the mezcal, no, the agave, <laughs> and in the cold box, I'm super chilling it real fast so we can go into the distiller right away. Man, y'all want some of this mobile tequila? <laughs> future tequila wrap. Cyborg future tequila wrap. That's my genre. Yeah. I've been I've been fucking looking for my genre for years. I finally found it on the it podcast. Okay. All right, let's let's just continue with the podcast. Um can I just bring up one thing yeah. that I want to talk about in yeah. all seriousness? I've been thinking about this podcast because you know why? Because people are enjoying this podcast. And they keep I know I've said this 172 times but i keep finding looking for a reason to quit and people keep getting in my face with a reason why i shouldn't quit like man we really enjoyed your podcast for one reason or the other like uh for one thing brian got at us about episode 171 and he was like that episode just flew by which uh is such a high compliment it's actually, Brian, because we're using hypnosis uh, to make the episode seem shorter than it is. Because who in God's name, who in their right mind would listen to this rambling one magical hour? Uh, but thanks for getting at us, Brian. And um, so anyway, I want to work on the podcast a little bit, just tweaks here and there. What I want to do, and I didn't do this for this podcast, this episode in particular, but what I'd like to do is to do a segment and and we touched on this for a while when we were talking to Kat and Jeff. Um, wait, was it, was it Jeff who, who, somebody encouraged us to look at artwork and then talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, we did a little of that. Nicholas, get at us. Who, who encouraged us? It might, I thought it was Jeff of K to the J, but sounds like a Jeff thing. Um, I, my plan is to do... I'm pre-promoting this segment because I didn't do it for this podcast. This episode, that is. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find an artwork and I'm going to learn a little bit about it to bring to, and talk about it. And then we can look at it together and, and talk about an artwork. Because then I really, will put it on the Discord. Because that really gets it back to like what we... What we wanted to shine a light on is creativity. Yeah, yeah. Creation. Yeah. Community comedy comfort, poetry, arts and entertainment. It's still it's a lot of topics, but that's okay. We gotta fill an hour every other week. So um <laughs> once a week. Once a week. <laughs> once a week. 
I was just being, I was being honest and uh, reason, reasonable. Um, and, and, and I want us to return to focusing on our friends who are engaged in creative endeavors. I know we've got friends that, um, we've got friends that need to be on the podcast. Lots of them. Yeah, we need, yeah. Beige is in town next week. And next Thursday night, we might hang out with Ben Gardner. Oh, sweet. And record a little podcast. Great. And talk a little bit about Fretzel. Okay. And now I've been talking about that. For awesome. It's hard to get three people together to do anything. It's surprising how hard it is <laughs> to get. How how did we ever get together to do like Parliament and shit? Yeah. Jason, for instance, someone who's going to be on the show eventually. I, th- by the way, this episode is all listeners got at us. Yeah. Jason got at us. Or got at you. And me, through you. Yeah, um, both of us. I was struggling in a previous episode to think of the name of this movie that was about karaoke. I and I thank God that there was a movie about karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason helped me out. And, uh, and Jason pointed out that's duets. And it's not, it's not Julia Roberts. Who was it? I'm looking it up now because it had a great cast. 2000 2000 film duets. uh, Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, it was Gwyneth. I was saying uh, Julia Roberts. But also Paul Giamatti. Oh, my God. Maria Bello. What? And Michael Buble. Holy cow. This movie looks... It's weird that I've never heard of it. That makes me sort of wonder. Should we watch this movie right after the podcast? Oh, Maya Rudolph's in it, too. Okay. There's nothing that would please me more, Matthew. Okay. Um, I have never seen it, but I knew there was a movie about... Oh, the Canadian comedian Brent Butt. I love that guy. So, you know why... You know why it's called Duets? I, I don't know the movie. I don't know what it's about yet. We'll watch it, but... You know why it's called Duets? Because... When you're at karaoke, people love duets. No doubt. And it's a way to dissipate the fear and and loathing between two people. Like if you're if you're doing okay, you're succeeding together. And if you're if you're crashing and burning, you're you're together. You know? This movie sounds so good. A collection of disparate but equally damaged characters traveling to Omaha, Nebraska. To perform in a karaoke competition. Oh, it is a karaoke competition. With a grand prize of $5,000. Oh, see, there was already a movie. Include con artist Ricky Dean, played by Huey Lewis, who finds his long-lost daughter, Liv, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, and brings her along for the ride, as well as a beleaguered salesman, Todd, Paul Giamatti. These and other people with more than their share of eccentricities invest their hopes and dreams in the competition. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Directed by Bruce Paltrow, Gwyneth's dad. Huh. It's not critically acclaimed, but that doesn't matter. 23 years ago. That was the year that I moved to New York City. So That was the year I moved to San Francisco. I was, it came case, out, it I came was out, busy. That came out like a month before I moved to San Francisco, and I have like a three-year movie and TV blank. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. 
I wasn't looking at no TVs. For several years after we moved to New York, we didn't have a TV. <laughs> Me too, man. And finally, life had become exciting enough that you didn't need a TV, huh? It was, well, you know, like all of the best times in my life. I've been without TV. <laughs> There's no doubt. You know, they say like, like the two things that are, if you believe that American culture is totally on the skids and falling apart, yeah. The two things that are causing it are TVs and air conditioning. Right. Because we are never outside. We are never talking to our neighbors. Yeah. And, like, that community is so important. Like, Yeah, it definitely it ruined Austin, that's for sure. Like, in, in Brooklyn, it happened more because it, at least everybody's walking to and from the subway. Uh-huh. So you walk by each other. Somebody's sitting on the stoop. You walk by them every single day. You get to know people that way. You see and people. And it, and having those old people sitting there on the stoop made it made the whole block feel safer, you know. Yeah, you know, you always knew that there was Black Charlie on one end and Puerto Rican Charlie on the other end. They're they're both named Charlie, both awesome. They called me, "Hey, Mister Bartender," when I walked by. Um, now, does Black Charlie know that you call him Black Charlie? Uh, there's, <laughs> I is he aware of Puerto Rican Charlie? Oh, they know about each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They know that I, I would, I would be doing something to make a distinction between the two of them. Sure. And, uh, sure. Anyway, I, I would go with um, talented Charlie and untalented Charlie. <laughs> they, and, they, they were both such delights. Such oh, they were, oh, delights. they were both talented. Huh? Sure. Um, I just I wanted you to guess. I one day, Puerto Rican Charlie told me that he caught me going to work. And he said, I can't believe that you go over to that place, Manhattan. He was like, I haven't been to Manhattan in 30 years. Is that right? He said, it's crazy over there. People fly planes in the buildings over there. <laughs> it's so funny. It was like 2.5 wow. miles away from where I was standing. And he was like, no, nah, never going to catch me over there. Wow. That's where the madness happens. <laughs> Man, that makes us just seem like. You know, hell is really in your mind. <laughs> thank you, Jason, for getting at us. Jason, thank you for getting at us. And I hope that we can get you on the phone for this long rumored movies uh, discussion, which which you proved by just pulling duets out of the ether that uh, you, you've got plenty to offer. Oh, he's got the, the stuff. Movie. He's got the skills to talk the films. So this is the... He's got Adam back on soon, too. This is the extended They Got At Us segment. Um, Nicholas got at us. Not only is he featured in... Is is the is his email the poem? We're gonna do a poem and we're gonna talk about the poem and then I'm gonna read Nicholas's email when we talk about that. Um or maybe, maybe should I just read Nicholas's his email? His email right is the poem. His email is the poem. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, I think so too, because it's amazing. Um but he and got we can still talk about it after that. He got at it on another I know, but usually by that time we're just like spent on the, po- the poem just barely saved our asses comes straining <laughs> wagon is that there's, there's that little all stretched like, out like there's that cartoon. little ligament under your tongue <laughs> and it just gets sore What's from that podcasting i don't know 
I don't know. And I don't have the fortitude. It sort of feels like it, it's what holds your tongue in, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That string. The, you don't want it cut for sure. Um, if you did cut it, though, would your tongue just be super long? I don't think so. I think you would just have far that, less control of your tongue. Is that the rumor about Gene Simmons? Like, he had it removed. That and they like cut that? Yeah, that so was the rumor. <laughs> yeah. How do those things persist? <laughs> huh. So, I, in my ignorance, in the last episode, not this episode, was talking about the four temperaments. And I named three of them. I, I named sanguine. Well, you asked me about the term sanguine, and this is this was my frame of reference. I, I mentioned sanguine, melancholic, and phlegmatic. Um, Nicholas got at us and let us know that the fourth is choleric. Let's let's just a little. So here's a little table. Melancholic as the element is earth. Adler, this is of avoiding, depressed, consciousness, conscientiousness, cautious, phlegmatic, water leaning, schizoid, steadiness. I don't understand that. Sanguine is air, socially useful, hysterical. Oh wait, wait, this this sorry. That's useful. What is choleric? Well, here's the thing. Is that Nicholas described it in his email, but I'm already, choleric, the, I'm already going to read one email. The one indicated by yellow bile? Yes. Yellow bile. And he told us that the play Hamlet was supposed to indicate the four humors based on the characters. Oh, that there's a lot going on with the, with the four temperaments in, in Hamlet. Yeah. Yes. That's okay. what you might call a psychological study. Well, although I still have a very cursory and ignorant understanding of them, I do appreciate Nicholas helping us out with that. Um, we're going to have to get that guy on the payroll. No kidding. You know? He's doing a lot of work for the show. <laughs> or just Nicholas and my dad start a spin-off con- spin <laughs> podcast. They could spin it off and it could <laughs> eclipse us fast. A <laughs> group. Quickly eclipsing us, yeah. to be sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> those guys are taking care of business. Well, you know us. We will do anything for listens. Absolutely. We'll do absolutely anything. We'll even go on a news cruise. Is that like that guy that crashed the plane for his YouTube channel? <laughs> I love that story. That's. I'm glad. Like, I'm glad no one was seriously hurt. Of course you're glad no one was hurt. It's very reckless, but it is pretty funny to just get up in a Cessna and and just uh, abandon it so that you can videotape yourself doing so. I had... That's that's where we are in in our society, right? So, my favorite... Well, not sorry, not my favorite. Great story in the Times last week. Did you see this? A crocodile that had been kept it was in captivity for 16 years is, oh, is this Lyle the crocodile alone I don't know the name of the crocodile probably not Lyle though because it was a female croc oh because because that's a story about a family in New York who, who has a crocodile which maybe this maybe this crocodile started out 
in a family in New York and then was flushed down the toilet. I see. Okay. Oh, man. Although we figured out that the flushing down the toilet thing probably didn't happen because crocodiles are too big to flush down the toilet. Yeah, However, from an early age, there are a number of crocodiles living in the sewers in New York. That is true. Okay. And they made it, you know, they made it down there for whatever reason. Somebody, uh, somebody had a pet crocodile and got too big, so they went and threw it in the the lake at Prospect Park or something. Sure. And it found its way to the sewers. It's warm down there. There's rats everywhere. It turns out crocodiles love it. Oh. And uh, it's like a crocodile paradise. It would it would be a tough job to be a New York City sewage worker. Oof. Let me tell you, go down there. Boy, it's dangerous. Like, what do they have to do? What's the primary job of a New York? Well, City I assume like. Worker? There are things that get clogged up down there. Oh, okay. You might have to go. That, that'd be the worst job, I think. Yeah. Go out and clog into something. But, uh, you know, I don't know what else. And, I, I you know, I Matthew, really, I don't want to know. I don't really understand how the sewers <laughs> work exactly, but. It's crazy to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, bananas. It's wild to think about. You know, it, like, and there's a big problem, you know, the area of North Brooklyn, Greenpoint, where we moved in, and Williamsburg, those places exploded exploded so fast. And they were, of course, they were built 400 years ago, you know. And they blew up in population so fast that the infrastructure, the plumbing, like, it just was not, the pipes were not big enough to handle everything that's being coming and going in those places these days. So it's, it's, a, it's a real problem. And it's not like you can, it's very disruptive, right, to lay down. Are they always working on those things? Pipes. Yeah, constantly, yeah. There's, so that's probably one of the things that a sewage worker has to do is make sure that that keeps flowing in spite of itself. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, that is what I would call a thankless task. I don't know. Maybe they make a lot of money. I hope they are paid well, <laughs> but they're well paid. The, uh, so... <laughs> this crocodile, I just realized we haven't even gotten to the story. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Crocodile story. in captivity for 16 years. I was purposefully doing a whole this lead-in thing. female crocodile who was kept by herself with no other crocodiles uh -huh. suddenly gave birth to a clutch of fertilized eggs, which uh, oh, it would be pretty wild for her to just give birth to eggs at all. Right. Because they, you know, kind of that part shuts down if there's not... But uh, they were actually fertilized. So this is a full-on, like... She uh, impregnated herself. Yeah, Jurassic Park thing. Okay. Which, you know, seems to indicate that... However... Wait, how do they know that? There, there are other crocodiles around, right? No, not in... This was in captivity. Oh, in captivity. Yeah. I see. I she, see. Was, she was the only one. I see. In wherever this was. Whoa. So, uh... Just pretty interesting. Turns out, you know, all that stuff in Jurassic Park, you know, could could very well be a it's a it's a viable scenario. They did not, however, there was one. They were fertilized eggs, but there was only one that uh, that produced a baby alligator, and the baby alligator did not, was not born alive. It was still it was still born um, in the egg, so. That's sad, but the joke in the uh, New York Times article was life uh, did not find a way. Um, 
<laughs> because uh, what's his name says uh, a lot. Who's the guy from uh, David Attenborough? No, the, <laughs> I don't know. The Malcolm, the one who plays the scientist in. Uh, he's Blackwell? also the fly. Oh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Uh, uh, life oh. uh, finds a way. Oh, I see. Yes. Um, so, right. Uh, I was just watching Thor Ragnarok. He's all in that. So. What interests me about that life? So life does find a way. You know what? Is that what the podcast is about? Where else life has found a way? Where? Do you know about battle raps? Battle raps? Battle rapping. Well, isn't the movie Eight Mile about that? I guess so. The New York Times just ran around. Apparently, battle rapping is becoming huge uh, in the in the New York in Brooklyn, oh. uh, Bed Stuy, not far from where I live. So they've discovered something from the past. Place called the Trap. Yeah, it's just they've been they've been doing it more. And I was thinking about this. It's because uh, and it's popping up all over the place, but I was thinking about. You know, people always saying, oh, the music, music's dying or whatever. Music, I think, like, music finds a way. Maybe the music industry as we know it is dying. But these guys, these guys who win these battle raps, there are leagues being created. And it, the, at the very highest tier, you can make six figures. You're like, the, the grand prize for winning a battle is in the six figures. Okay. You know, and the, the guy was saying, yeah, like, there's a lot of these people who, you know, record something and put it on. TikTok or whatever, maybe get like, you know, some kind of record deal. They're actually making more, making more than those people. Is this where we do a montage and you train me to be a battle rapper? I, Matthew, <laughs> I thought of you. I was like, Matthew could win a rap battle. I, I don't, I, you know, I've, I tried a little freestyling from time to time. That's definitely not my forte. Ultimate. I can, I can freestyle a conversation uh, about uh, the cyborgs and the four temperaments but uh, i don't i don't think a battle rap is really like ultimate rap league you are or also known as url okay. king of the dot uh, rare breed entertainment they've all amassed large falling now pay top dollar to mcs shit i did not know about this i didn't i had no idea the trap is the, the rap battles were back trap ny is the name of the place in brooklyn I'm so stupid. I, I keep thinking that things are going to... I keep thinking that things are ending. And not. <laughs> Nothing ends. No. I was going to... Rap uh, finds a way. In like 2005, I was going to record some more electronic music, and I was really going to pursue that, but I kind of shied away from it, partially because I knew that if I was in that scene, I couldn't control myself uh, You know, with substances. That was part of it. But... But also, I kind of thought, like, uh, maybe electronic music is dying. Maybe it's, you know. And now it's just, like, it's everywhere. It's so mainstream. It was, like, at that time, even, it still felt a little sort of underground. And then, like, battle raps. Like, that. I guess things just come and go, huh? I feel like electronic music is bigger now than it ever was. Bigger too. than it ever was, yeah. I should have continued to pursue that. And just had more self-control and not snorted every line of everything that somebody put in front of me. You know, just because I was at a big up party. Did I say that on the podcast? I guess I did. There is a 
pay gap between. I've been trying to make good choices for like 20 years now, and and it's I feel like it's a little bit caused some regrets. Okay, listen. Wait, I mean, listen. I have one more story for you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me find it here. Man, I'm on cloud nine about these battle rap leagues. I'm going to look into that. I'm sure there's some YouTube videos. I definitely thought of you immediately. Well, it's not like it's not like my dream was to be like a battle rap champ. My dream was to be a karaoke champ, and I achieved that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I love rap music, and I and um, you know, I'm just. We were talking before the podcast about uh, my daughter exploring all these music genres from the last fifty years. That's not that's not going back enough. Seventy years, I think. Um, and it, it's great when they're discovering things that were really relevant to your life, you know, like the gin blossoms. No, Bud Light. Like, this is something that's like been Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. What about Toad the Wet Sprocket? <laughs> Some some people I know went to a Ted the Wet Sprocket show in San Marcos just like last week. Wow. Yeah. And there was I saw some video, like some just some phone video from this Ted the Wet Sprocket show, and it was it was cringeworthy, <laughs> uh, but uh, nostalgic and fun. And um, th- that is not one of the bands that Isabel is necessarily exploring, but. I think I did say that she was like, Dad, have you ever heard of Nirvana? I told Schaefer that she was telling me this morning, there's this there's this group, they're great, they're staying alive, they're the Beegees, the Beegee. She said <laughs> Beegee a few times before I realized what she was talking about. Oh, the Bee Gees. The Brothers Gib. I said, I think that's the Bee Gees. That's so great that I, she's into them. Hey, you know what? Wait, hold on to that story. We're coming back to that story. But I'm talking about the past, and I'm just going down a little past hole. I've been watching episodes of Taxi. Oh, I was watching episodes of Cheers because it's on this decades channel, and I saw the a few years ago when Cheers was on Netflix. I watched. I want to talk about that. I watched the first like five seasons, and it's great. It holds up so well. But I just recently I was watching episodes from the end of Cheers and I saw the final episode of Cheers. Yeah. And and then after Cheers, they've been showing Taxi. And and those same some of the same producers were working on Taxi and then transitioned to Cheers. And Taxi has that theme song, Angela. The song is called Angela. Angela's Theme. Uh, Angela's Theme. Yes. By Bob James. I don't know. Are you looking it up? No. Uh, that, Bob James, I think. That, it's so evocative. And that show has so much of New York, you know, before Giuliani, you know, like late 70s, gritty, really New York. and uh, But, but there, I was telling Isabel that there's, mu- there's this music from the 70s, late 70s, 
early eighties that has this, this feel to it. And I, I mean, I'm sure it's because these are some of the sounds I was hearing from like a very early age, you know, and, but, but it's also the way the music is recorded and stuff. Mm -hmm. I also I was I was singing I were, I'm wearing this cap that says Kebony and I was singing Steve Winwood Valerie to the tune of Kebony Ke Kebony call me cause I need Kebony come and feel me I'm the best decking that you can buy or no I don't know but listen this thanks to uh, sponsor Kebony but I was I was just trying to kind of make a generalization like i often do on this podcast about 70 songs and this feeling and that that song from taxi is so like oh, it's full of this nostalgic feeling and this comfort feeling you know do you know what i mean you know this like feeling of comfort when you hear that song i definitely do yeah. it like scratches you in this really comfortable place Ooh, that's another uh, little uh yeah, it does yeah wash our hands after it is that. bob james bob james okay it uh, it's a lovely song. Yeah, I listened to it the other day, like not not as part of the show. Taxi, such a good show. We right. were talking about the vibraphone. Oh, uh huh. I just feel like, and it's used a lot in bossa nova. Yeah, but I love the sound of that. Is there vibraphone in that track? It probably is. There's kind of. Uh, like the same like seventies kind of what they call smooth jazz. Yes. Which smooth jazz kind of became pejorative. Uh, with which, Kenny G. I don't know. I don't know why. Like, what's wrong with being smooth is great and jazz is great. I mean, I smooth think that's jazz. just like the pendulum of the world, you know. Yeah. And like that, you you got a vibe that it, at least the way it used to be would swing back and forth. Now it's just so fractious, and there's so many vibes Goes going on. People are discovering. We got the. We're able to discover all these old vibes, and kids are like. And isn't that so much fun? I love that about our contemporary culture. How it kind of anything goes. You know, there's not a. There's not. A, it's not just working out a cool and uncool anymore. There's, you know. I guess I don't know. It seems a little chaotic. Sci-fi kids and hip hop kids and whatever you know. Like everybody's just does their thing. Yeah, like some people listen to One Magical Hour of Matthew and Schaefer podcast. Some, some people are very into podcasts and listen to them every second of the day like I do. Right. Um, back to that story. The one that I couldn't find. Oh, you, you couldn't <laughs> I couldn't find ever it? find it. No, it's like, oh, right. I wonder if maybe like... What was the story? Maybe there was like some kind of problem with its veracity or something. Because I found every other story that I was reading this this today... What was the headline? It was about... These guys, it's a great story. These 60-year-old dudes who had, like, they had connections with, like, the Genovese, the Lucchese, the Kansas City crime families. Uh -huh. And they got together and and uh, pulled off two armed robberies in New York City last week. Robbed two jewelry oh. uh, jewelry wholesalers. Just some geezers. Yeah. Just one last It was job. very much, yeah, it had a very much, like. They got like, caught? Yeah, they did, I think. I don't know, I guess. Maybe they wanted to get caught. I wish I could find the... Isn't that a good retirement plan? You just sort of go into the system when you're like 65? Isn't that the best time to go to prison? <laughs> yeah. 
right at the end when other people can cook for you? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Is that that's my retire? You know what? Uh, that's my retirement plan. <laughs> when I'm 70, I'm gonna do a job, and I either get away with the money and can live in Mexico, or that's an excellent I point. Get, I go into the penitentiary system, and then I just become like a guru in prison. You get healthcare. You know, you know, you're not as worried about you know going out partying at night and hooking up with ladies, right? Do you think it's less important? Do you think prisoners get good healthcare? I think they do. Yeah. Okay. Better. Okay. Put it this way. Better if you're if you're totally broke. Better than the average American. Yeah. 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 Exactly. If you're yeah. if you're a poverty level American, you can at least see a doctor. You know, you hear the stories about the folks like eating cat food because their social security is you know doesn't provide for them. Uh, that really breaks my heart. By the way, sorry to be a downer, but yeah, like honestly, being in jail, you know, you have people around you to talk to all the time, you yeah. know, as opposed to being alone in your in your you know apartment in New York City or wherever it is you are. Uh, Should we yeah. do a crime pact? <laughs> all right, here's our pinkies. <laughs> We're doing pinkies. A pinky pack. Age 70, we're going to knock over some jewelry let's, stores. Let's say we're 70 and we have very little prospects, kind of <laughs> like today. And um, let's do some crime. <laughs> and then it'll go. That's a win win at that point. You heard it here first, folks. We finally figured out our retirement plan. They're. they're they got done up because they didn't edit it out of the podcast. It's funny. Yeah, that's true. Don't tell anybody, guys. Keep that up. Keep those under your hats. None you know, of this is admissible in court. You know, what's funny is that that's only 22 years away. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry. I, uh, shit. When I did the piggy swear, I thought it was like way in the future. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You pinky swore, mister. Okay, can't take it back. I'm gonna hold no, it. I'm gonna come, no takesy backsies. I'm gonna t- come tapping on you with my with my store bought rubber masks and uh and thirty eight specials and those and those, okay and so, those burlap bags with uh, dollar signs written on them. Yes. Okay. So here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna read a poem. You're going to read a poem. You're going to just read Let's just go straight to Nicholas's poem. Okay, we're going straight to Nicholas's poem. Which is an email, which I don't think... It's funny because Nicholas didn't intend to write a poem. Doesn't this piss you off? Everything that he does is poetic. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. He's a very poetic soul. I would think that as a poet, you would be like, ha, ah, this guy can just write an email. As, as a poet, I see poetry. poems everywhere. And this is, a, this is a wonderful poem that you wrote. Chiefy. Absolutely. Is that what poetry's about? Just be. It's just everywhere. What did I think of? Poetry is emotional journalism. Emotional journalism. That's what I was thinking. I like that. It's the journalism of the heart. That takes the pressure off, especially compared to Matthias Valina's definition which is finding the right words and putting them in the correct order because <laughs> that feels like a lot of pressure <laughs> okay so nicholas was referring to episode 60 the the po- the title of the poem is episode 61 yes it says it right at the top episode 61 and i 
based on context clues, this was when I was, I, I was remodeling my bathroom. Yeah. And there was a cast iron tub that we had to like smash up to get out of the room. Smashed it up. Okay. Sledgehammer. So here we go. Uh, an email yeah, from an email from June June right, brand new stuff. June ninth, twenty twenty three, episode sixty one by Nicholas Rains. A kind of rhyme pervades daily existence, and I cannot help but wonder whether the repetition between the cracking of your old cast iron tub and the crack in the acrylic of your now not new tub are not in some way the same crack persisting from the dimensional planes we ordinarily perceive up through a kind of all tubs plane wherein all tubs are one by nature of their merely being tubs despite differences in materials in makes and models and eras in which they were made and locations of installation, and through which a crack made in one tub can extend and extends inevitably into and through all tubs made proximal and entangled through their energetic relationship with you. A karmic bond that in some ways, on some days, feel like the acrylic tubs avenging and the destruction of its cast iron predecessor. But that might as well be no more than the action-reaction of the sledgehammer casting a ripple through all dimensions. Those we see, that of tubs and hammers, that of the recorded episodes in which it is mentioned, those in which the events, its shadow, those, excuse me, those in which the event casts its shadows on your consciousness and shapes your words. The ones in which your listeners' imaginations work heard again and again through time. The one that shapes decisions about tubs and cast iron and claw feet and raptor's talons. Buzzards beside the road. Stretches of highway infinitely expanding outward in all directions. It seems so obvious peering back at the event from this vantage, that those shards of cast iron yet persist. I wonder, does the acrylic remember it? Or has the hammer been forgiven? <laughs> this is like fucking Edgar Allan Poe, man. Nicholas, this is the best email I've ever gotten. And I've been using email for 30 plus years. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense. And it's written in like prose, but then I sort of broke it up as if it were in meter. But, yeah, but it was easy to do because, little, yeah. because it was just, it felt like that. Do you think that this means that you will always have a crack in your tub no matter where you are, Matthew? Or is, I think does the crack persist, persist in that particular area? I think it is. I think it's related to the location and to the emotional impact of that whole experience. The echoing of the smash of the hammer through time and space 
makes so much sense to me. And so I, I can't tell you how loud a image. cast iron tub is. <laughs> Probably still echoing in your head. When you hit it with a small sledge in a confined space, even I, I always wear ear protection, but like yeah. And then the this references me talking about that, and I talked about the violence necessary to like break a cast iron tub. Yeah, I said, "How are we going to get this tub out of here?" And Chris was like, "Well, I've heard that you can break them." <laughs> you think cast iron? You think that's not like a breakable? But it is. It's so hard that it will shatter. I love the story so much force. when you told it, and I I love it just as much if not more now. It's Obviously, it's it's spawned poetic genres. And I can totally imagine. Yeah, the I can almost feel it. I think you know. I've I, I've hit sledgehammers with things, and I've spent a lot of time with cast iron. Like I can. Yeah, because there's a it it gives feedback. I feel like, like I have when a you sensory, hit it. Yeah, when you hit it and you don't shatter it, your your hammer bounces off of it. Just you saying, I hit cast iron with a hammer gives me a distinctive feeling that I, I, I just feel like sensory both sound and touch and but vibration. Maybe, but maybe and, this poem also helped you feel that. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's echoing, you know, with through the cast, through the email from, you know, from the poem. Yeah. Another aspect that was violent was that once it was shattered, it was it had super sharp serrated edges for the rest. Like once we shattered part of it, you had to be careful not to slip and cut yourself. Yeah. On it. But then beyond all of this, I then talked about when we I don't know. Is this all in episode 61? I don't think so. I feel like I talked about the shattering. But then I, in episode 61, I think I talked about. When when we had the new acrylic tub in, I discovered a tiny crack. Yeah, yeah. After everything was said and done, and I was just sitting on the toilet across from it, I discovered a tiny crack in it, and I was <laughs> I was really upset about that. And and, I, and Nicholas was referring to that, but in he's drawing the inference there. I don't. We didn't draw that inference in the podcast, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. So. You're like a coach, Nicholas. You notice that a coach notices things that you don't notice and that and helps you hold a mirror up to like your whole experience. Thanks for bringing that great story back into our lives. Yeah. Thanks for anybody who's still listening. And we love you. My dad definitely had a a visceral reaction to that story too, because he worked as a plumber's assistant for a, a long period of time, really quite late in his life. Um, and so he, uh, he definitely had some, some experience with relate and related to it. Well, but yeah, I think any, everybody who heard that story enjoyed it. Just the idea of you two just pulled up in there, smack, wailing away on that thing. A small <laughs> sledge, man. Yeah. Okay, well, that was a podcast. The kids are yelling outside. They chasing the chasing the ice cream man. Oh, maybe funny man. I thought it was like a. I thought it was geese. What when you hear the when you 
what does the ice, do you have an ice cream man in your neighborhood? You know, surprisingly, there's not a lot of ice cream man action in my neighborhood. When the one around here plays a real slow version of whatever it is, is that the the do 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 Oh really? Isn't that Beethoven? Uh, oh boy, here we go again. Here we go. With my ignorance and um I I feel a, like that's Mozart, but I could be I don't know. Oh, Mozart. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I shouldn't even yeah, say that. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. uneducated when it comes to classical. I had a Casio keyboard who played that. Yeah. But because it's kind of slowed down, it is the most melancholy thing to me to hear that drifting through the warm summer nights. It doesn't necessarily make me feel bad. But it it's, but it's, it's not like it gives it the willy, gives me the willies necessarily. But it is haunting and melancholy in what I kind of think is actually maybe a little bit of a good. It's actually kind of a good feeling to me. Um, mm. But uh, yeah. And then, of course, in New York, it's always the creamiest, dreamiest, soft ice cream you get from Mr. Softy. Oh, yeah, they put in Mr. Softy. For a refreshing, delightful. I, I like it out of a trunk, but I prefer the Alex Battles version. <laughs> what's the first. Give Alex call. What's the there. first. Oh, we really do. We need to get a. a, a recap on we, we need to ask him that question how's marriage treating you <laughs> yeah. I, hate married life treating I hate that uh, <laughs> and like, well, how are you supposed to answer that You're like, uh, shut the fuck up <laughs> uh, what let me ask you what's the first paleta what's the first ice treat that you think of when when the ice cream man is going down the block and i'll say mine it's the bomb pop I think, is that I th the red, white, and blue one? Yeah, I think of the bomb pop every time, and I, I, I don't. I've never. I'm not a sweet eater, and I never really uh, patronize those places too often. But but when I did, I liked that bomb pop. What about uh, you? Uh, I was a big fan of the foot shaped one with the candy toenail. Oh yeah, yeah. what's that called? I, don't I know. never had that. It's just it's ice cream inside and some kind of chocolatey yeah. nutty thing on the outside, right? I think it's, it's just a bear. I think it's just chocolate. Or something. Yeah, yeah, and a and a and like maybe a bubble gum or yeah. I think it was a bubble gum. Why, why, is, why is it foot shaped? I don't know, I but uh, I like that for some reason. Get at us if you know the history. Maybe because I felt like that sweet treat, that candy or bubble gum or whatever it was, was a little bit of a bonus. Uh, and then also, oh, I, but yeah. I think mostly what I got if I could get something that You're I always looking for value. I didn't get. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't really have too many experiences with the ice cream man, uh, like which don't cry for me. My parents uh, kept ice cream sandwiches from H E B ice cream sandwiches in the in the uh, in the freezer uh, and popsicles. Like you know, Texas Texas heat. You gotta. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know I wasn't without it. Both both of my parents are big fans of ice cream. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think my favorite of them all, though, is the drumstick. The drumstick you know, is pretty fancy. The chocolate coating on the inside of the cone. Yeah. And the ice cream and the nuts. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's good. 
That's that covers all your bases. Lots, right there. Lots, yeah, for sure. Okay, get Listen. at us. Tell us what your uh, your pick was from the ice cream man. This is not a food podcast. Okay. <laughs> all right. Listen, we love you, and the poor are the choices. The sweet of the wine. Above the dog, you're a child. We had a laugh or two for a little while. We lost some innocence and we lost a little sleep. I made a whole lot of promises we couldn't keep. Go wheels turning underneath the fading storm. Underneath the fading stars